When you travel from country to country, personally, I would advise you to keep a note of the possible time changes that might happen. It took us a day and a half to realize that in Ciudad del Este, uh, the time had gone back an hour from where we were in Foz de Iguazu. Despite the fact we, as the crow fly, had only moved a kilometer or so, uh, we discovered that the time had uh, gone back an hour. We were oblivious to that. We had no idea. The first time we realized that was when we'd woken up for breakfast after being in Ciudad del Este for a day. And bizarrely, when we were walking around on the first day we got there, we had not seen a clock. We had no idea. Our phones hadn't reset themselves, so they had no idea. So we were a bit clueless. But when we woke up for breakfast the following day, we were but we're looking at the news and um, yeah, we were a bit perplexed by the time on the TV because it said you know, something stupid like 7.55 and we thought it was 8.55. So we spent about 20 minutes debating whether the Paraguayan TV was incorrect or not and whether their national news had got the wrong time. But it was only by asking the lovely lady that was serving us breakfast that uh, we found out that yes, Ciudad del Este had gone back. It was an hour difference between that and Foz. To be fair, having crossed the border into Paraguay, it automatically felt like you were going back 20 years anyway. But Ciudad del Este, quite a dangerous city. You might have seen it in a few films. A lot of, um, you know, again at the time, a lot of smuggling, bits and bobs going on. So we, we tried not to stay there for too long. But what had happened the night before, on the first night we, we'd got there, what had happened is that we found out that Nacional, who we spoke about in the, in the last episode, Nacional had lost their second leg 1-0 against a defence or sporting of Uruguay, but they had won 2-1 on aggregate in the semi-final. So they were going to be in the Copa Libertadores final. And because of the way the finals were set up, we knew that on, I think it's the 5th or 6th of August, that the first leg would be in Asuncion. So we knew we were going to be there for that first game. It then the, our mindset switched to how the hell do we get tickets for that because we're going to be in the right place at the right time. So again, being a football lover, being in the right place at the right time, you, you know, it, it was an experience that you know we, we both appreciate to say the least. But as I said, stepping back into Paraguay seemed like stepping back in time, uh, you know, dirt roads, not a lot going on, a lot of, you know, odd looking trade uh, going on. Not really a lot to do in the city, to be honest with you. But we stayed around there for a day or two and we took a trip up to the Itapu or Itiapu. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. We took a trip up to the dam. There's a massive hydroelectric dam that's on the, the top of the Parana River between Paraguay and Brazil. And that was, that was a cool experience. After having seen the Hoover Dam a few years earlier, we knew what we were getting ourselves in for. The museum there was fantastic and we'd also uh, signed up for a, it was like a, a, a helicopter simulation. So we were sort of yeah in this simulator, in a helicopter, you know, going around the dam. And we spent a few hours there and that was actually really interesting, especially the size of the electrical substation uh, that there was on the Paraguayan side of the dam as well. I'm not here to, we're not here to pass judgment about whether it's a good thing or bad thing or whatever, but you know, it was there, we'd done it, it was interesting, it was what it was. From Ciudad del Este, we got a bus into Asuncion, the capitals. Effectively going from one side of the country to the other. As you know, Ciudad is on the border with Brazil. 
Asuncion is pretty much on the border with Argentina on the west. So we, we travel the width of the country effectively in a day. Asuncion was pretty much football. That was about it. It was pretty much football. We had pre-booked the hostel for five or six nights. We knew that we were going to be there for a while. Uh, the reason we'd ex wanted to stay there that long is we literally, we wanted to watch the Copa Libertadores final. To be in that place at that time, we knew it'd be an experience and we would try our best to get tickets. That's why we stayed in the century on that long. We got the bus into town, got off at the, got off at the hostel and the, from memory, the lovely, lovely lady, lovely looking lady from behind the counter. It was like music to your ears. First question she said when she looked at us, I think Aaron had, I had a football shirt on, I had my Reading shirt on. Aaron, don't know what he was wearing, can't remember. The first thing she'd done, she took one look at us and went, do you boys like football? He's the Pope Catholic. Absolutely. If you get asked that, that is like the best question. Not welcome to the hostel. It was, do you like football? Yes. Yes, 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 yes. We love football. How can you help? <laughs> she went in and basically said, well, you're in luck. She said, the couple of Libertadores final is in a couple of days. So, you know, recommend stay around for that. Uh, she said, I don't know anything about tickets yet, but when... I find out, I'll let you know because we, uh, we can guide you. But she said, but if you go to the same stadium like today in like, a couple of hours time, there's a, a local game on today. And she said, there's also a local game on tomorrow at the same time at the same stadium. So yeah, again, music to our ears. This is brilliant. Chucked off the bags, went into the room. Uh, I went down to the, if I get the stadium name correct, it's the Estadio Defensores del Chaco in Asuncion. It pretty much doubles up as the, the national stadium of Paraguay. So we got a you know, we got a bus there, got got to the ground, had a little walk around the ground, paid whatever it was to get in, I don't know, for five quid or whatever it was, uh, possibly less than that to get in. Saw the game. Uh, believe from memory the first game was it wasn't that good. Uh, it might have been nil-nil. We never recorded too much about it. We were just happy to be Again, watching another game of football in another new stadium, another set of football teams. So I don't remember too much about that, apart from the fact that we found this awesome burger joint on the way home. Following day, done the same thing. And we got up, we'd gone for a little walk around the Saint-Jean. Again, not a lot going there. Um, you know, from what we did see, it, it was quite nice. Yeah, didn't really spend too much time there. Spent quite a lot of the time, to be fair, in the hostel, uh, in the hostel drinking or sitting on the verandas or whatever it was, drinking. Went to the second game that evening, and that was between uh, a, a team called Cerro Porteño, who are very popular. We weren't sure why they weren't playing in their own stadium, because their own stadium's quite a big stadium in Asuncion as well. So we never figured out why, why they were playing at the main stadium, but it was a, a local derby they were playing. I think they won 2-0, or, or whatever it was. Again, that was nice. It was yeah, simple entertainment. It was a couple of quid. Simple entertainment. It was good watching the sun go down behind the stadium. It was just good fun. And this is where the real the real good stuff happened in the Cintron after that. So we got back to the hostel that evening. I met up with a couple of guys called AD and Earl. Uh, to this day, we still hang out because um, you never know who you're going to meet traveling. So we still hang out to this day. We met the, met the hostel, found out that 
you know, three of us love football. Um, Earl and AD were very good friends from you know, Nottinghamshire. They were very good friends. Earl, not a big football fan himself, but for the travelling aspect and so forth, I've been going around with AD. So, you know, we just started playing loads of drinking games in the hostel, having a laugh, having a chat, talking football, talking England, talking the World Cup. Unfortunately, found out that uh, AD was a Man United fan, um, which to this day is still painful and we still have our, our jibes about it, uh, which, is, which is pleasant. And, and that was it. Uh, playing loads of drinking games, I went out to a supermarket, uh, found this drink called uh, Old Traddy or Old Trady. It's about two pound. You could pick it up from the supermarket. I won't lie, it tastes like ass. Don't recommend it. But if you are listening to this in Paraguay and you have got old tradey, do send us a bottle. Love to get our hands in the bottle because we've got some drinking that we need to do uh, for old time's sake. Lads on tour, English on tour, having a right old laugh. But what we'd also done, uh, the hostel woman had told us that tickets for the, the big game, the Copper Libertadores, were going on sale uh, the following morning really early about eight o'clock in the morning so she said this is a place where you need to go she said it's going to be busy because you know the tickets have only just gone on sale you know from tomorrow uh but this is where you need to go so we got up really early on the morning it's sunday we're a little bit hungover yeah it's six o'clock in the morning we've had a you know a little bit of breakfast and we've gone for a walk from the hostel down to this ticket place my word the queue unrelenting now, luckily, we bought a nice big bottle of water. We had our hats. It's about 25 degrees. You know, it's ridiculously early on a Sunday morning, and we've joined this big-ass queue. And it tested our patience. For the first half an hour, it tested our patience. It's one of those situations where you go, I really can't be asked to stand in this queue. Even though I'm British, even though I know I'm good at queuing, even though I'm a champion at queuing because I'm British, I can't be asked to stand in this queue. What do we do? What do we do? We went for a little walk, actually. So one of us stayed... One of us stayed in the queue and the other one went for a walk. And we're walking up and again, as I don't want to be disrespectful, but you stick out like a sore thumb because of the colour of your skin. So we're walking up this queue and the police officer sees us and he looked at us and our Spanish wasn't bad. You know, it's not, our Spanish isn't the greatest in the world, but his Spanish wasn't bad. And it was a billetes de, you know, como libertadores. I'm like, sí, 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 soy inglés, um, you know, quiero billetas, um, you know, yes, we want tickets. And he's given us a bit of a, a signal with his, with his hand, basically, follow me. So we're like, ¿estás sincero? ¿Estás serious? And he's like, sí, 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 sí. So he's taken us out of the queue and he's marched us pretty much a couple of blocks, I kid you not, a couple of blocks down to the front of the queue. All these locals just kind of looking at us, you know, very, you know, white privileged bastards. They weren't saying it, but you could tell they were thinking it. And he's planted us right at the front of the queue, right, you know, right to the woman at the ticket office. And it was like, see dos por favor, two tickets, please. Uh, you know, we're like, you know, we want to sit in the big stand because that's where we'd sat for the last couple of games. And, um, you know, did on this on, where are you from? I was like, ah, oh, Inglaterra, so Inglés. So, ah, Inglés, DNS passport. Apparently, he needed ID to buy tickets. So, so we handed over, we handed over the passports, and the woman spent more time looking at the passports. I think in pure amazement that there were English people in a queue on a Sunday morning, 25 degrees, waiting to get tickets for a game of football. I think she's looking at us, thinking we're batshit crazy. We're kind of looking at her in amazement, thinking, how the hell are we at the front of the queue? And then realised probably because. You know, we just look different, and you know, 
unbelievable stuff. Still can't explain it to this day. The more bonkers thing about all of this, and we're talking a major final. This is like, you know, watching Champions League final football, which is, you know, a few hundred quid a ticket, I imagine, at the minimum. She said the price is about 35,000 guarani. At the time, about 7,000 guarani to a pound. So we've handed, them, we've handed the cash over, not making, you know, we don't want to make faces. That's quite a rude thing to do anyway. So if you're from, you know, Western Europe, whatever, and you go to, you know, Latin America or, you know, other places around the world, top tip, do not make faces at the prices of things. They are going to be much more inexpensive and sometimes they're a lot cheaper than you imagine that they're going to be. Do not make faces, do not make comments. In our head, I'm handing the cash over going, holy shit, that's five quid to watch a major game of football. Incredible, five quid, unbelievable. I handed the cash over. The woman's still looking at the passports, granted. She's amazing. She's dealing with English people in the middle of a sunshine on a Sunday morning. She's smiling, we're smiling. People behind us in the queue, couple of smiling, most are fuming. So we've gone away with these tickets. Said thank you to the police officer. Actually, we gave him a couple of thousand Guarani. Uh, yeah, things were a little bit corrupt over there, but we gave him a bit of a tip anyway. And boom, out of nowhere, rather than queuing for a couple of hours, you know, we've ended up queuing for about half hour, got sent to the front of the queue, ended up with Copper Libertadores final tickets. It's just absolutely brilliant. Got back to the hostel, done everything like that, and, you know, explained we got all these tickets and, and whatnot. And that was it. Uh, the rest of Asuncion was pretty much drinking. Uh, many, many craziest story from Asuncion. Many, many a crazy story. I uh, remember that evening, there was five of us, uh, AD, Earl, myself, Aaron and uh, a guy called Ewan, uh, who he'd met at the hostel. And, um, you know, AD and Earl being the great guys that they are and Ewan being the great guy that he is. Everyone was chatting. And out of nowhere from... We'd been invited basically to this to this party, and we got absolutely shit faced. You know, we said we wouldn't do it again, but we did. And the bizarre thing about this was the hostel was in wherever it was in Switzerland. We'd got invited to this party, and we went out to this you know restaurant or whatever. And we're drinking a lot. Everyone's getting a bit paralytic. We've all kind of gone our own ways. But what we remember from this was that number one, we stole someone's birthday cake. Someone was having a fiftieth birthday celebration we stole their cake started eating their cake um don't ask me how or why don't remember it but also after we'd uh, you know got to the stage where you're no longer merry you're a bit paralytic we didn't see each other until the following afternoon and we're trying to get our you know heads together so what the hell happened last night and it it turns out we'd somehow somehow we'd all come back from Two of us, I think, didn't even make the party. I certainly didn't make the party. But we'd all got back to the hostel in five, in five different ways, which was incredible. And one of us had come back via a police motorbike. Again, don't know what happened there. One of us had come back from a police motorbike. Ewan had been given a lift home by the, the woman's personal chauffeur. So he'd met up with this woman. She's very rich. She's having a birthday. That was the ultimate destination. He'd ended up going to the party and got given the lift back by her chauffeur, apparently. One of us has come back by motor taxi, police motor taxi. I think one took a cab. Uh, I think someone walked, if I'm not mistaken. And I remember, not too well, but I remember being told that after a certain time in a Cintron, you bu buses don't run. Buses don't run. But I do remember that being, I didn't know at the time, but you know, being a bit autistic, I'm relatively decent with numbers. 
I do remember that I knew that a number 31 bus would go past the hostel. I, I remember that because that was the same bus we took to get to the football stadium. So I knew that if I saw a number 31 bus, it would it would go. And I was sat there at the bus stop. I have no idea what time it was. It's pitch black. I am, you know, you know when your head's spinning, you're swaying. You've got no idea what's going on. Um, you know, you're in that sort of situation. I sort of heads down, almost going to fall asleep. And I hear this, this motor in the background. And the great thing with Latin American buses is they're, they're not your sort of electric-y buses. They are old school diesel engines from the 50s, 60s, all of that. All of that sort of stuff. And I've kind of looked up and this bus is coming towards me. Oh, it's bollocks knows what time it was in the morning. And it's the number 31. I'm, this is incredible. I've stuck, stuck my arm out, given the bus driver the cash. Uh, next thing I know, it, I've woken up at the hostel. So I seem that I've got a magical bus that didn't exist on, on the way home. And the stories that were coming out in the days after were absolutely, absolutely brilliant. Uh, still a bit hazy to this day. But if that's happened to you, let us know. Uh, crazy things, crazy things. Bar that, um, AD had to bribe. He got himself tickets for the final himself, but he had to bribe the police officer to get in. Uh, he had to bribe the police officer about two pounds which he still moans about to this day. I reckon that's the uh, the northerner in him complaining about that. The game was good. It was uh, San Lorenzo with a much better team throughout the game. They took the lead. The, one of the whole, one of the stands was completely San Lorenzo fans. As we'd experienced watching Argentina in the World Cup in the final, Argentinian fans love to travel. They didn't have that far to go between Argentina and Asuncion. So it was packed. The San Lorenzo stand was absolutely packed. They went 1-0 up. They were in control of the game. Um, it wasn't looking like it was going to be, you know, Nationale's day. Bear in mind, the game was over two legs. So this was the first leg. The second leg was the following week. Comes to the last minute. You know, stadium's a little bit, little bit quiet apart from the away fans, but it's still full. Goalkeeper for the home team gets the ball. He's kicked it upfield. He's kicked it upfield. And I think a guy from the Nacional team has, has headed the ball on and the striker, Julio Santa Cruz, 92nd minute, nearly at the end of the game. First time he has hit this ball, it's flown past the keeper and it's hit the back of the net. The roar. I mean, it went absolutely bananas. Toilet paper, toilet paper even flying everywhere. He got people hugging people, everyone's taking their shirts off, you know, we've taken our shirts off, we're, you know, around our head, we've thrown them around our head, insane, absolutely insane, the stadium went absolute potty, it went bananas, and, and the final whistle went, game had finished 1-1, it was perfectly poised for the second leg, but ne I'll never forget that goal hitting the back of the net, number one, because Nacional hadn't done much in the game, Number two, it was a bit of daylight robbery. And number three, it was, a, it was a great goal. Anyway, a so simple route one football. But the noise, the noise coming from that game was just, just remarkable. Absolutely remarkable. The hostel was filled with San Lorenzo fans as well. So we were all chatting the following day, having a laugh about the game. You know, the second leg was next week. And from there, that was Asuncion. We said goodbye to AD. We said goodbye to... Oh, they were heading in a different direction from us. We decided that we were going to head south, that our ultimate aim 
uh, was to head into Uruguay. But before we could do that, we had to visit uh, Paraguay's only UNESCO World Heritage Site and then somehow figure out how to get from Paraguay into Uruguay. Now join us next week when we will discover how to get into Uruguay from Paraguay and also what Paraguay's UNESCO World Heritage Sites are like. Until next time, hasta luego.